from 6 to 8 right here at the church. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. As we teach the word of God, we trust it will encourage people. And we know that it will in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can sit down. Let's open our Bibles to James, the first chapter, the book of James. The first chapter and the first verse. I usually use the New King James Version. So if you uh, don't have a Bible, it'll be up on the screen for you. And, uh, but James chapter 1 and verse 1, okay? So turn in your Bibles. Let's go to James chapter 1, verse 1. What comes right before James? What book of the Bible? Hebrews, okay? So James 1, verse 1 says, James, a bondservant of God, this is verse 1, and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. Then he says this, my brethren. So he's talking to Christians people who have already repented of their sins and placed their faith in the Lord Jesus, living for the Lord. He says, my brethren, count it all joy, notice joy, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks, what? Wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord. Now, in these seven verses of scripture, there were four very important things mentioned. Joy, Faith, patience, and wisdom. Joy, faith, patience, and wisdom. I want to talk to you today, title this message, The Four-Wheel Drive Christian. The Four-Wheel Drive Christian. Did you get that? That's a pretty good title. Now, the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So this is talking about people who get stuck in a trial or in the midst of a trial. You know, when, uh, has anybody ever gotten stuck in a snowdrift when you're driving or stuck in the mud when you're driving? Probably around here would be more likely to get stuck in a snowdrift. Now, has anybody ever got stuck in, in, when you're driving your car, you're driving in the snow? Isn't it better don't you have a better chance of getting out of that situation and moving around and progressing if you have a four-wheel drive vehicle? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I remember when I was a kid growing up, uh, the cars were all rear-wheel drive, okay? And so as, as I got older, then front-wheel drive came in. But the rear-wheel drive, if that's all you have in a snowstorm or something of that nature, you don't go very well with just rear wheel drive. It's just, you know. Now, front wheel drive is better because you have the engine sitting over those those two front tires and there's weight there. And so front wheel drive is better. But man, when they came along with four wheel drive, that just just, just made things so much easier. And uh, I know back where I live, when we have a significant snowstorm, if I didn't have four-wheel drive, I could not get out 
from where I live. I couldn't get out to the roads. It would take days and days and days. But I've got a vehicle, it's four-wheel drive, and I'm able to, to get through the snow and get out and move around. Um, actually, one of the vehicles that I have, there's a switch on it. And normally, the switch is in rear-wheel drive. That's normally where we have the switch, like on a day like today. But uh, when it starts raining, we can switch that switch to what is called automatic all-wheel drive, you see. And so then the car or the vehicle will sense when it needs gripping power on the front tires, you see. And then in a snowstorm, you know, I can turn that switch to where it forces the vehicle to be in the four-wheel drive mode. And, uh, and when you go into that, I tell you what, you just go right out through the snow. Uh, in fact, just recently when we had that last snowstorm, uh, I took this vehicle of ours from back where I live and I just put it on, on the rear-wheel drive. And I tried to get out and guess what happened? I just spun and spun. It was almost funny because I just, cause it w- it just had a rear-wheel drive. But it was real neat because I could take that switch and throw it over into four-wheel drive. And guess what happened when I threw it into four-wheel drive? Just went right on out and had no problem. Well, you see, when we fall into various trials of life, has anybody ever been in a trial of life besides me? When we fall into the various trials of life, it's like being in a snow drift or a mud pit We need to be four-wheel drive Christians and we need to have these four wheels working properly and in conjunction with each other to get out out and progress properly. Now, what are the four wheels that we're talking about today? First one was joy. What was the second one? Faith and then patience and then wisdom. So... If you ever find yourself in a trial of life, in a snowdrift of life, a snowbank of life, a mud pit of life, you need to be a four-wheel drive Christian and you need to have these four things, these four wheels, if you will, operating properly to get out of that trial and to progress as you should. Now, somebody might say, which wheel is most important? Joy, faith, patience, wisdom. Which one is most important? Well, let me ask you this. Have you ever cut a piece? How many has ever cut a piece of paper with a scissors? Which which blade is most important? Both. Ah. So how many of you have ever flown on a jet plane? Which wing is most important? Ah. Both? Huh? So, you know, you say, well, which wheel is most important? You need all four of them. Now, think about on a car or whatever the vehicle is, there's four wheels, right? You know, even if you have four-wheel drive, is it going to do you any good if one of the wheels, if one of the tires just isn't isn't on? Even, well, you got four-wheel drive. But if, if you only got three wheels working, let's say one of the wheels isn't even on, are you going to go anywhere? No. no. You need all four wheels operating. And, and I think what happens is, is a lot of times people, uh, uh, they'll center in on one of these four and they'll put all their emphasis on, on one of these four. Usually it's faith around the, the, the 
churches that I've been around and the teaching I've been around and, you know, we put all our emphasis on faith. And it's good, that's good. But if you don't have these other three wheels working in conjunction with faith, you're not gonna get out of the mud, you're just gonna get deeper. Have you ever had, have you ever been, I may say this again later, but I wanna say it now, because I've been stuck in the snow before, I've even been stuck in the mud, but in the snow, and, and, and I got one wheel that, the other three were like stuck, and I had the one wheel that was spinning, and it was working, but you know what? I didn't get out of the snow. You know what happened? I just dug myself deeper on in. And that's what happens a lot of times, particularly around the things that I've been around, is, is we've taught so much on faith, 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 and, I'm, and I'm a, I believe in faith. You, you, you'll see here in a minute, we have to have it. But if all you have is your faith operating, and you don't have joy and patience and wisdom, you're not gonna get out of that trial. You're just gonna dig yourself deeper. Now, that may be a shock to some of you, but it's the truth. Did James here say you just needed faith? No, he said you needed what? Joy and faith and patience and wisdom. Those are the four wheels that you need turning to get out of the mud pits of life. So let's briefly talk about each one. First of all, if you look at verse 2 here, James 1 verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So when you get stuck in the mud pit of life or the snowbank of life, the first thing you need to do here, the first wheel that should really be emphasized is what? Joy. Is what? What? Joy. He said the first thing you do is what? Count it all joy. Count it all joy. So you need the wheel of joy working when you fall in to a, when you get caught in a mud, mud pit of life. One version says consider it an opportunity for great joy. So if you're in, in, in a trial of life, you're going through some trial now, whatever it may be, it may be a financial trial, it may be a physical trial with sickness in your body, whatever the case, the first thing you need to do, according to the Bible, is consider this thing as an opportunity for great joy. Count it all joy. Now, uh, there's a difference. See, people a lot of times, they get happiness confused with joy. They're very different. Happiness is a feeling based on circumstances. But joy is a spiritual force based on the word of God. Now, if you're stuck in the mud pit of life, you're not gonna be happy about that. The circumstance isn't good, you're not gonna be happy. Because you see, based on the circumstance, maybe there's a sickness in your body or some financial uh, thing coming against you or whatever the case. And uh, maybe there's some debt that you can't pay or whatever it is. You're not gonna be happy about that. Are you gonna be happy about that? I'm, I'm not gonna be happy about that. But we can still have joy because joy isn't based on circumstance. Joy is based on the what? The word of, word of God. Now, if you would, you can hold your place in James 1 there, but go to Psalms 105 verse 43. Psalms 105 verse 43 I want to show you how important joy is to getting free from being stuck in the snow or stuck in the mud. Look at Psalms 105, verse 43. Notice this. Psalms 105, verse 43 says, God, he brought out his people. This is when the Israelites were, you know, they were, they were captive in the Egyptian bondage. He brought out his people with what? So if you're stuck in the mud, the mud pit of life, the only way you're gonna get out is you're gonna have to have that wheel of joy operating. You okay? Yeah. 
And, and something else I can tell you about joy, we won't look it up, but in the book of Nehemiah, you could look it up, Nehemiah 8 and 10, Nehemiah 8 and 10, the last part of that verse says, the joy of the Lord is my what? Strength. So that's why when you fall into the mud pits of life, first thing we need to do is get the wheel of joy turning. Count it all joy. Consider it an opportunity for joy. Okay? And what you do is, is you, you say, well, how do, how, do, how do I do that? How do I do that? Well, what you do is, is you go to the word of God and you look up scriptures that have to do with the, the thing you're dealing with. If it's sickness in your body, look up some healing scriptures. If it's where a financial need is concerned, look up provision scriptures. And the Bible says, and we won't for the sake of time, we won't look all these up. We could, but just sake of time. The Bible says this. It says, these things God has written unto us that our joy may be full. To have full, fullness of joy, to have that wheel of joy fully turning, guess what? You're going to have to spend some time in the written word of God. And then there's another scripture that says, these things have I spoken. Jesus said, these things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So not only do you need to spend time in in the written word, but you need to spend time listening to the word of God being taught like you're doing here this morning. What are we doing? We're putting the word of God in you and the word of God will bring joy, see? And then also the Bible says that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. So when you fall into a mud pit of life or a snowbank of life, first thing we're supposed to do is consider it as what? As joy. Get that wheel of joy working. Get into the word of God. Study some things about your situation in the word of God. Listen, get, get, some, get some, you know, listen to somebody. Get some good CDs or, or something of somebody teaching the word of God concerning, like if it's a, a healing that you need, get, get, get some good teacher that's teaching on healing and sit under that, listen to that and stay in the presence of the Lord and consider the situation as an opportunity for joy. That's the first wheel that you get need to get turning. Now here's the next wheel you need to get turning. It's the wheel of faith. Real loud say the wheel of faith. Wheel of faith. The we- and I didn't say wheel of fortune. I said wheel of what? Wheel of faith. Okay. Wheel of faith. Now, as I said a while ago, this wheel is probably focused on more than any of the others. But as I said earlier, if we just have this wheel working and none of the other wheels, we're going to stay stuck in the mud. And again, again, because the teaching that I had as I grew up, it was faith, 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 faith. And, And I believe in, do you know the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, so we need the teaching on faith. We need to understand some things about faith. But what I'm telling you here today is if you put all your, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. If you just have the wheel of faith working, if that's all you have working on your, on your vehicle, you're not going to get out of the mud. What's going to happen? You're going to just dig yourself deeper. That's the truth of the matter. We need to have all four of these wheels turning. So, but, the, but faith is important because without faith, you're, you're not going to be able to please God. Uh, what is faith? It's simply this, simply this. It's taking God at his word, believing God's word with all of your heart. That's, that's what faith is. I could teach you 26 hours on it, but simply put, faith is simply taking God at 
his word. Now, we said to you a moment ago that joy is full if we hear the word of God, but also with faith, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you want to get your wheel of faith turning, then you also need to hear the word of God on a regular basis. Now look at Hebrews 11 verse 1. Let's turn there for a little more on faith. Hebrews 11 1. I tell you what, this message today, if you really get a hold of it, it will really help you greatly in your life. It really will. Simple message, but boy, I tell you, it's profound. If you really get a hold of this, it'll help you greatly. Hebrews 11.1 tells us this is the Bible definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is what? It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, so, so, you know, let me ask you, on a car, now you don't have to know much about how a car works to get this. The wheel's turning, that wheel of faith is turning, right? But are there some other things that need to be there to get the wheel to turn? There needs to be like an axle, right? And there needs to be some nuts and bolts and things like that, is that right? Well, right here, it says that faith is the substance of things hope for. So before you can have faith, you're going to have to have hope. Real loud, say hope. hope. Yeah. And you know what hope is? Hope is a confident expectation of a future good. So if you're stuck in the mud, the mud pit of life, you're going to have to have some hope about you. You're going to have to have some hope that, hey, I'm stuck in the mud today or I'm stuck in the snow, but you know what? I can see myself getting out of this thing. I can see myself healed. I can see myself prospering. Do you understand that? So before you can, can have faith, you're going to have to have some hope about you. And, and hope, what is it? It's just a, say this, say a confident expectation, a confident expectation. of a future good. A future. So you get your hopes up. And you know what? Now, now watch this. Look, we have to have these wheels, these four wheels working in conjunction. Now you know as well as I do that if you've got your hopes up, that's going to produce some joy, isn't it? Is that going to produce joy? So if you get your hopes up, then you're in a position to have faith. But not only that, you're going to have some joy about you. So if you're stuck in the mud, get your hopes up. Count it joy. And then once you get your hopes up, now you're in a position to get the wheel of faith turning. But there's something else I can tell you about faith. The Bible says faith works through, through what? Through what? Through love. Faith works through love. So that wheel, see that wheel of faith on the car, uh, you know, the, the, the thing's not going to turn just by itself. There's got to be some other things going on. Like there's got to be some gas in the tank. Is that right? There's, there's got to be an accelerator to push. Is that right? So, so the wheel of faith, to get the wheel of faith going, you're going to have to have some hope, all right. But you're also going to, real loud, say love. Yeah. You're going to have to have some love. Because faith works by love. See, we're talking about getting you out of the mud pit you're stuck in. First of all, you count it joy. You have hope about you. That produces some joy. Now you're walking in love. And now you realize that now you can have faith. What is faith? Faith is just believing God, taking God at his word. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You understand that? And now you get that wheel of faith turning. Let's say a few more things about uh, faith before we move to the last two wheels. Look at the Amplified Version, Hebrews 11.1, 1, the Amplified. Let's put it on the screen. Hebrews 11.1, 1, the Amplified Bible. It'll be up there on the screen. 
And I want you to look at that. Hebrews 11, 1 in the Amplified says, Now faith, when is faith? Now, Now. hope is future. When is faith? Now. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. You know what a title deed is? If you've got a title deed to the car, what does that mean? That means you own it, right? So faith is the assurance of the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for being the proof. Faith is the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. What does faith do? It perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. See, if you're in, let's say there's sickness in your body. What do you do? Well, you count this as an opportunity for joy. You get in the word of God, you read some healing scriptures. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God, okay? Now, if you're dealing with sickness in your body, okay, now here's what you do. Faith does not ignore the sickness. Faith deals with it, okay? Faith doesn't say, I'm not sick. That's not what faith says. Faith doesn't ignore the sickness. Faith deals with the sickness. So if, how do you get the wheel of faith going? Well, if there's sickness, I'm using sickness as an example. If you've got sickness in your but get in the word of God, find some scriptures. The Bible says, with Jesus' stripes, we were healed. You know, get that scripture. Get some, get some of these other, he sent his word and healed them. Get, get some of these scriptures and meditate on them, study them. And, and base what you believe on the word of God, not the symptoms in your body. Because what does faith do? Please put that amplified back up there if you would. What does faith do? Let's put the amplified back up there. I want you to get this. Faith, the bottom line, bottom third from the bottom. Faith perceives as what? Real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. Now go to the doctor, use good doctors, hospitals, medicines, I'm all for that. But I'm talking from a spiritual perspective here to get out of the mud pit if there's sickness in your life. What do you have to do? You have to perceive yourself as healed even though your physical body may not be telling you that. Did you get what I just said? Did you get what I just said? Okay, so what is faith? Is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Look at Romans 4.19. Let's go there. Let's go there quickly, quickly, quickly. Look at a man who had the wheel of faith operating in his life. Romans 4.19, this is Abraham. Remember him? He's a patriarch of the Old Testament, a man of faith. Let's learn a lesson from him. Romans 4.19 Look at this. And being, talk about Abraham. Being not weak in faith, he did not consider, see, he didn't consider his own body already dead since he was 100 years in the deadness of Sarah's womb. That was his wife. See, they're going to have a baby and he's 100 and she's 90. Think about that. He did not what? Verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that he, God had, and being fully convinced that what he, God had promised, he was able to perform. Do you see that? So if you're stuck in the mud, get this wheel of faith going. How do you do it? Get into the word of God and find scriptures that that match your, your circumstance and let the word of God be final authority. Not what you feel, not what you see, not what you hear. Can you say amen to that? And stand on that word of God. 
Yes, use good hospitals, doctors, medicines, but don't just look at them first. Look at God first, okay? You okay? And look at verse 17. Look at verse 17. Just look up at verse 17 here. It says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. See, if, to get the wheel of faith turning in your life, you're going to have to start calling things that be not as though they are. That's right. If there's sickness in your body, let me tell you what, you don't stand around and say, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. That's not what you say. What you say is, if there's sickness in your body, you say, well, there may be sickness in my body, but by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. He sent his word and healed me, amen? And stand on that. And call yourself healed. Say, say, according to the word of God, I'm healed, amen? Can you do that? Well, if you want to get that wheel of faith going, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to see yourself out of that snowbank, out of that mud pit, you're going to have to start calling it and saying that. Are you okay? Yes. All right, now, now, how many wheels are we talking about here today? Four. What was the first one? The wheel of joy. What was the second one? Wheel of faith. Now, the third one is the wheel of patience. Now, what is patience? I'll tell you. It's the ability to wait with a good and right attitude. It's the ability to wait with a good and right attitude. We were talking, I was talking to some folks before the service about Six Flags. Has anybody ever been to Six Flags? Well, I've gone there sometimes when when it was 100 degrees outside and we'd be waiting in the line and uh, waiting to get on. Back when I was a kid, the the, the mine train was the big big ride. See, now nobody wants to go on that. They don't want to go on the Screaming Eagle. They don't even want to go on the Screaming Eagle. I mean, when we moved from the mine train to the Screaming Eagle, I mean, you just thought we'd went, went to heaven right there. But now, the Screaming Eagle, that's yesterday's news. What's the big one out there now? Now, you don't know, you people don't. You people have no culture, you don't go to Six Flags. What's the big one out there? Is that a roller coaster? Whoo, the boomerang, all right. But anyway, we would wait in the line to get on the mine train. And I'd wait and I'd wait and I'd wait and I'd, it's hot out here and, and all these people. Now, am I being patient right there? No. Now, I'm waiting, but I'm not waiting with a good attitude. So when you're standing in a 100 degree line to get on the mine train or whatever it is, a boomerang, if you really being, have Bible patience, you're going to stand there and wait with a smile on your face. Yeah, but how come that fan isn't working? They should have the fan on. Now, that's not Bible patience, is it? Huh? How come they're not giving me a lemonade or, you know, huh? Look at that kid. He just butted in line. Those kids are making all that noise, you know, huh? That's not, that's waiting, but that's not waiting with a good and right attitude. See, so when, when you release your faith and you have in faith and believe in God, then you're going to have to be patient. What is you know, from the t- see, we live in this microwave world. We live in this instant world. I mean, used to be when you turn the TV on, you'd have to wait a few moments for it to warm up. Does anybody remember that? Now you turn that baby on and you're just beating on it if it's not on right away. Is that right? Or do I just do that? Because everything's instant. Everything is instant. Is that right? Instant, 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 instant. But... But with the things of God, it doesn't always work that way. When you believe God and trust God, 
and have faith, you have to be patient and wait for the thing you're believing God for to come to manifestation. Are you okay? Did you get what I just said? How many got what I just said? And what is that, what is that ability that allows us to wait with a good and right attitude? It's called patience. Look at Hebrews 10.36. Hebrews 10.36. I'm going to read this in the King James Version. See, patience is, is endurance, the ability to endure and, and to wait with a good and right attitude. Hebrews 10.36 in the King James says, For you have need of patience. See, is it enough just to have joy and faith? No, you also need what? Patience. That after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. See, after we've had joy working and we've had faith working and hope and all that, you know, now we've got to have patience working because it says you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might what? Receive the promises. Look at Hebrews. You're right there in 1036. Look at Hebrews 612. This is a really good verse to look at with this message today because it shows you that the wheels of faith and patience have to be working together. Look at Hebrews 6.12. And this is in the New King James Version, Hebrews 6.12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through what? Who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You see how you not only have to have faith, but you also have to have patience. You see that? It goes back to my example. If you just have the wheel of faith turning, you're not, it's not going to do you any good. You have to also have joy and you have to have what? Patience. And then as we read in our opening, opening verse said, James 1, 4 said, let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. See, you won't get out of the mud. You won't get out of the trial you're in with just faith alone. You need faith, but you also need joy. You also need what? Patience. And finally, and then I'm going to close with this, finally, you're going to need wisdom. You're going to need wisdom. Look at James 1 verse 1. Let's go, I'm sorry, James 1 verse 5. James 1 verse 5. And this, this one here probably gets talked about less than any of the others. And without this one, you're going to stay stuck in the mud. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, it will be given him. But let him ask in faith. Do you see how wisdom and faith are connected there? So you've got to have all these four wheels working. You can't just have one or two. You get, and see how they work in conjunction. Let him ask in faith. What's he asking for in faith? He's asking for wisdom. wisdom. With no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that person suppose they'll receive anything from the Lord. So see, without wisdom, you're, you're stuck in the mud. Yeah, pastor, but I've got faith. Yeah, pastor, I've got joy. Yeah, pastor, I've got patience. But without wisdom, you're still stuck in the mud. You see... Wisdom, say, well, what is wisdom? Listen to this. Wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. And wisdom, listen carefully now, please get this. Wisdom is what considers the natural side of things. Wisdom is what considers the natural side of things. 
Now, it also will consider the spiritual things, but if you really think about it, joy is a spiritual force. Faith is a spiritual force. Patience is a spiritual force. But this wisdom, this wheel of wisdom has to do with the natural realm. Wisdom in the natural realm. Did you know that a lot of Christians that I've seen over the years, the reason they stay stuck in the mud, the mud pits of life, the trials of life, oh, they'll have faith and they'll have joy and they'll have patience and all of that, but they don't use a lot of wisdom because they're trying to do everything in the spiritual realm. But remember, we're spirit beings, all right, but we live in these natural physical bodies. And I have watched this for 25, 30 years and have been guilty of this myself. I've watched so many people over the so many years and I look back now, they're still stuck in those same mud pits that they've been stuck in for 20 and 30 years. You know why? Because they've never got this wheel of wisdom operating. Wisdom is what considers the natural side of things. How many of you know If there's sickness in your body, we should have faith and and believe God. But you know what? We also ought to make use of good hospitals, doctors, and medicines. God gave them to us. And I've watched people over the years that, bless God, they're not going to go to the doctor. They're just going to believe God. and And all they had to do was go to the doctor and in a very simple procedure. I know I had a situation in my body about 12 years ago. And, and it was, there were certain things very painful. Oh, it was painful. We believed God, trusted God, and I got no better. It wasn't a life-threatening thing. It was just, it was miserable. Miserable. Just had tears in my eyes, pain. And believe in God, trust God. Now, it got to the point where, you know, I needed to just use some wisdom. And guess what? I went to the doctor. They did a little half-hour operation on me. And I've been pain-free ever since. Isn't that wonderful? Now, what's wrong with that? That's wisdom, isn't it? I've I've watched people, they get into financial situations and they they run up debts. How many of you know you just can't just run up debt all the time, run up debt, run up debt, run up debt, and then say, oh God, please pay off this debt supernaturally. How many of you know that just doesn't work? It doesn't, it doesn't work. Yes, supernatural debt cancellation. You can't believe God for that. There's, no, there's a few isolated, two, I think, two isolated incidents where you see that, maybe three in Scripture. Those were special circumstances, special deals. You can't teach that as doctrine and believe God for supernatural debt cancellation. You can believe God to supply all your need. Amen. Say amen, somebody. But, but you understand, you can't just go run up uh, uh, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of debt and then, and then come over and say, God, would you supernaturally pay this off? You see, there's no wisdom there. You can't, with your physical body, you can't just eat sugar and, 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 and Big Mac hamburgers, and you can't just eat bad all the time and, and, and just eat horrible and, and, and never exercise and, and just not take care of the natural side of your body. Do you understand what I'm saying? And then... And then sickness hits your body and then you're going to believe God to, to, to cover that. And then once he heals you, you're going to go back to the chocolate chip cookies. Come on, guys. There's, say wisdom. wisdom. 
You know, I mean, God's a big God. He's, he's, you know, if, if you're here and maybe you haven't been taking care of your body as you should and his sickness hits it, he's a good God. He'll heal you and all that. I'm not saying you got to be perfect, but do you understand what I'm saying? That we've got to, we've got to understand some natural things and follow some natural laws or we can have faith working and we can have patience working and joy working. But if we don't have the wheel of, wheel of what? Wheel of what? wisdom working, you're going to stay stuck in the mud. Did you get anything out of this today? So in conclusion, we must have all four of these wheels turning, joy, faith, patience, and wisdom. We must be four-wheel drive Christians or we will stay stuck in the snowdrifts and mud pits of this life. I hope this blessed you today. Stand with me if you would. Praise God. Glory to God. Well, if you're here today... Just bow your heads with me for just a minute. If you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want to encourage you to do that before you leave. So there'll be some men and women standing up here in the front right after I dismiss the service. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, you do it before you leave today. Just